Well, praise God. Uh, before we go on, I'm just going to have my wife just share uh, real briefly. Well, how long she wants to take, but anyway. So. However long I want. <laughs> what an amazing week, amen? Uh, we had the great joy of just hearing the great news about my husband, and I can't wait. Tomorrow we go to the oncologist for another checkup, and I can't wait. I wanted, I wanted him to call her because the last thing she said, we said, you know, my husband kept telling her the whole time, we're believing for them to be gone. And she said, well, they won't be. And I can't wait to see her face and go, na, 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 na. <laughs> we, already, we, we already talked about. I, I was like, that day, Monday, I was like, call her up. Call her up and tell her she was wrong and God was right. <laughs> well, we, we're talking about starting our own medical center, Go for it Medical Center. But anyway, just <laughs> Because at the end, we had set up so, so much when he said, we're believing for our miracle. She finally said, go for it. And I want to open that door and go, well, we went for it. <laughs> and this is what our God can do. So, amen. And I just encourage you. I really feel like I need to tell you that I know some of you look at my husband as a pastor and go, well, yeah, sure, God's doing that for him because he's a pastor. God is no respecter of persons. And the same healing that he has experienced is for you, too. All you have to do is believe it and receive that. We're no different. The same, we need the same blood of Jesus to forgive our sins and the same blood that he has provided for in healing is for you too. It's not just for us. It's, it's for all of us. And I want to just encourage you in that. And also encourage you to continue to pray for our family. Because you know how when you have an area in your life that you struggle with, even of sin, the enemy wants to come back again and again and bombard you in that same area. And, and cancer or disease is the same way. You know, the enemy's not just going, oh, praise God, Pastor Bubba's healed, you know. But... I know, we know there's still battles to walk through, and we need to continue, we need your prayers to continue to surround us, that the enemy does not try to come back and, you know, flash his ugly head again, so um, thank you, thank you for praying for us, and that has been an incredible week, but we also welcomed Amelia Joy McCann. Who is she? Tell who she is. Our first granddaughter. And third grandchild, uh, eight pounds and ten ounces, y'all. Come on, whopper. And I called, literally, I called or texted my husband, and he was Where's like, how, how far, how far she, is she? She's my witness. Yeah, he was getting his hair cut at Jennifer's. I said, oh, she's six centimeters. I'll let you know when it happens. Me and my daughter-in-law's mother walked out in the hall. We sat down, and my son literally ran out and said, she's ten centimeters. Come back in. So we ran back in, and all the nurses were running around. She pushed through two contractions, and that little girl was out. So, and she is beautiful. I just can't stop looking at her. And uh, so we were just so excited. Olivia was so excited until she got home and told me that she was jealous. <laughs> she goes, I said, Olivia, why are you jealous? You've been wanting another girl in the family. Well, Daddy might love her more than me. <laughs> I said, Daddy would never love her more than he loves That's you. That's right. And so we're just so excited um, just to welcome her. And um, the last thing I wanted to share, I know some of you, but how many of women have been hearing about the Bible study we're going to be doing? I just wanted to personally invite you, in case you don't know, it's going to be a Beth Moore Bible study. And I've done many of her studies. She is an incredible Bible teacher. 
And I am going to be teaching the morning one here, right here in our Connect room, Thursdays at 9.30, starting September 6th. And also starting September 6th, we will have an evening one for those of you women that work or you're a single mom and you can't make it in the morning. Um, that one will meet at Denise Saunier's house. But I just... I just encourage you to come. How many of you say, you know, I open my Bible and I don't know where to read. I don't know what to do. This is a great way to uh, get into God's word. You will have a workbook that you go through, homework at home that will get you into the word of God. You will also have a great time just sharing life with other women. When, when you come together and you get to discuss what God is showing you, because it's not just a teaching by Beth Moore, we will we'll also be personal discussion where you can share in what God is showing you, and um, it's just going to be a great time. I encourage you not to miss it. Thank you, baby. Come on. <laughs> My wife's an awesome lady. Let's just, uh, let's uh, turn with me to the book of Exodus chapter 3. Put your finger on there and we're going to go ahead and pray and ask the Lord's blessing and his word is already blessed but, and we know that his word speaks to us. The Bible says it's sharper than any two-edged sword. But this morning, I just want you to, if you have your Bible with you, just hold it and I just put it next to your heart this morning and just, just say this under your breath with me. Father, speak to me through your word. Lord, whatever's dear to your heart, let it be dear to my heart. God, whatever you want to say to me, let me not just hear it, but let me walk in it, Lord. Father, I pray that my life would not, not be a contradiction to the word and how my lifestyle, li- how I live in my lifestyle. But Lord, I pray that God, that you would just breathe upon every person. Your word has life. It has meaning. It has direction. It brings correction. But Lord, I thank you that it brings joy when we accept it and walk in it. And so Father, I ask you, Holy Spirit, that God, that you would just come through these aisles and you would begin to speak to people. You would not be a stranger in people's minds or their hearts. The Bible says, who has ears to hear, let us hear what the Spirit is speaking to us. Holy Spirit, speak to us this morning and have your way in our hearts and in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name. If you believe that, say, I believe. believe. Amen. Exodus chapter 3, if you're looking for a title, this is the name of the title, Down, Out, and Up. Amen. How many you ever been down in life? How many you need to get out of your circumstance sometimes? And then God brings you up. Aren't you glad about that God can bring you up? All right. Y'all look at me like I'm not. Y'all, some of y'all look at me like you're deer with the headlights on you. But uh, this morning, I just want to bring, I, I believe this. So Exodus chapter 3. Um, and this is actually, just give you a little background. This is when God speaks to Moses. And he has to go spe- uh, speak before Pharaoh. And this is what he says. This is God. Then the Lord told him. He's telling who? He's telling Moses. He said, chapter 3, verse 7 and 8. That's where I'm going to be. He told him. Now, if God tells you something, how many of you know you might want to listen? Remember that old commercial, if E.F. Hutton speaks? Come on, finish it. People, listen. All right. For some of you older, younger people, you don't know what I'm talking about. But anyway. The Lord said to him, I have certainly seen the oppression or the sorrows of my people in Egypt. I have heard... Their cries of distress because of harsh slave drivers. Yes, I'm aware of their sufferings. So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and to lead them out 
of Egypt into, the, into their own fertile, spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey. The land where the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites now live. I love what my old, one of my old heroes in the faith, Emmanuel Canestrace, he got up once and said, let me tell you, he, he, he was speaking at a conference, and he goes, when the glory of the Lord comes, all the ites, you know, the Hittites, you know, how many of you, they'll be, There'll be wasms when the glory of God comes. And see, for many of us, you know, we look at our circumstances, and these are people that are bringing plight, distress, despair upon the people. These are the tribes they had to fight through to get where they're going. And see, for 40 years, Moses had been banished out of Egypt. No longer was that young prince with full of strength, and he says, I'm going to go deliver my people, kills an Egyptian. Then he goes out into the desert. You know the story where, you know, the sand, the sun, the solitude, the smelly sheep had done their work. I mean, you know, when you go through stuff it just does a work on you how many talking about you see it done a work on him and all of a sudden Moses went out a smelly stinky shepherd and he comes out a deliverer not by his own strength but by, by the power of God and so this morning God often comes for our salvation or our rescue for us when we stop looking for him or we've given up hope sometimes how many ever just believed God for something and it just didn't happen Come on, come on, come on, come on. Don't, don't, come on. How many of you were discouraged by things you walked through and you said, I just didn't see. But see, this morning, there's three things God had seen and considered when he looked down. This is three things. He said, I saw the sorrows. In other words, no relief against their taskmen. So God saw their tears. You know, can I just tell you something? God sees your tears. When no one else is there. He sees your sorrows when no one else can see it. God's well aware. How many of you have ever been, how many of you have ever been hurt? Come on, let's be, all of us have been hurt. I remember when my, my parents announced that they were going to uh, divorce each other. And I was so bummed. I was 10 years old. And I remember when my dad found out my mom was running around with another man. And, and what happened is he went in there and he was just full of rage because his friend had told him, he said, I saw your wife with such and such. And my dad was so angry. He walked in the house and they went in their bedroom and they started yelling and, and they locked the door. And I remember, and I heard some screaming and stuff and it just, it shook me. And I remember the door was locked and I tried to get in and I said, y'all stop, stop, stop. And I remember just with all my heart, with all that I had, I went in there to try to knock the door down. It didn't happen the the second time. My shoulder, the door flew open. And my mom looked at me and said, look what your daddy did to me. And she had a black eye. My dad goes, look what your mama did to me. And it was blood from his fist where she had bit him. They had never done anything like that. My world got rocked. You know, some of you, maybe there was different situations or circumstances where someone abusively said things verbally or mistreated you or did things that were improper. I don't know where you come from, but can I tell you something? God sees your pain and God hears your cry. How many believe that? And see, he says, in the second thing, he saw their sorrows, he saw their cry. God is not deaf. How many believe that? I used to have a grandfather, his, my Paul McCann. He's a commercial fisherman. And 
he, he's hunter and all those kind of, he's just the man's man kind of guy. He could do anything, a welder, a carpenter, a mechanic. He could do it all, all right? And I remember he used to be hard of hearing. And he used to have one of those old, uh, those old ear things where you had the wire go from one ear. You know what I'm talking about? And, 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 and sometimes he couldn't hear. He'd pull that out and he'd go, hold on, what? And it would be, and you go, oh, oh, I can hear that. And he'll say that again. See, God doesn't have a hearing aid. Hello? God hears you. You see, and then he saw the cruelty of the persecutors. I've seen the oppression, he's saying. Sometimes people are facing trials. Listen to me. So God can give them the things he can only give them. Can I say that again? If you don't, if you're taking notes, you need to write this down. Sometimes God, sometimes people are facing trials so God can give them the things only he can give them. I'm not saying God just puts a trial on you. He knows that, you know what? God says he will never give you too much that you cannot handle. Aren't you glad of that? You see, and he says, I've come down to rescue them. This shows me the heart that was with them. And and he he wants to do it speedily. And he wants to do it in supernatural means sometimes in our lives. See, the first thing, nothing, say this thing, nothing is too hard for God. No situation justifies despair. Say it with me. No situation justifies despair. The third thing is, listen to me, all things are possible with God. Say it. All things are possible with God. Now, you said it, but can I tell you something? What you need to, you know, I want, you to show, I want to show you this this morning. See, the deliverance was typical of the redemption of Jesus. Remember before you knew the Lord. And then the word came down. The eternal word of God came down in bodily form, in physical form with Jesus. And he said, listen, man, guys, I've got to go. And they go, no, Lord, we want you to stay. He said, no, no, when I go, I'm sending the comforter. I'm sending the teacher. I'm sending, you know, and then you look at it. If you look at the, the, the symbols of the Holy Spirit, he said, I'm sending the dove. I'm sending fire. I'm sending oil. I'm sending the wind. I'm sending everything you need. Sometimes the wind of God will just come. God will just come blow up in your life. Hello. And just blow out all that. You know, you know how many you need just a good blowing of the Holy Spirit? Just blow some stuff off of you. You know what I mean? Whoosh, and you go, whoo. How about a little fire where he just comes down and just, Yeah. Burn off all that junk that's been inside of you. Come on. How about some oil where God pours it into that wound and all of a sudden that oil begins to heal you. Supernatural. See, God wants to do, it's, it's natural for God to do supernatural things. It's natural. Isn't it? It's natural. You see, they should have exchanged. See what they were doing? God's saying, I want you to exchange your bondage for liberty. I want you to exchange your poverty for plenty. I wanted you to exchange your labor for rest. See, let me tell you, Egypt always represents this in the Bible. Not enough. Not enough. See, in life, before you knew the Lord, there wasn't enough to satisfy you. You can make money. You can get girlfriends, boyfriends. You can have drugs. You can be the kingpin. You can think you're God's gift to women, God's gift to men. You can think all those different things. You can have folding money. That's when we serious money on the street. You know what I mean? Not some jingle jangle. Ben is your friend. Come on. You know what I'm saying? All that stuff. But you know what? It's not about having all that stuff. Because see, that's what happened. Like Pastor Josh said, listen, if something bad happens, you'll sell your stuff. 
Can I make a confession? My wife had, and I mean, it, I'm just, I mean, my wife has this thing where she had to get a tooth removed and her bone was all things. She'd fought infection two years trying to save this tooth. And it cost some money. And it came to a point, I said, man, I, can I just make a confession? I sold my four-wheeler so she can get her tooth. Let me tell you, I'm going to love that tooth. Not because, look, it's, I don't have, sure, did I have sorrow? Yeah, I, I miss my four-wheeler every once in a while. But guess what? It won't bring me satisfaction. It won't bring me joy like my wife will. Amen? Come on. You'll do whatever it takes. She's going, oh, baby, don't sell your four-wheeler. I said, hey. And you know what God did? God gave me another one. It's not running, but I, Dwayne Fino told me he's going to get it running for me. But anyway. See, listen, if, if God's going to bless you and you want to bless someone, give them something that works. All right, just anyway. Does that make sense? Anyway, just trying to help you out. No one in this church gave that to me. I'll just let you know right now. Who was it? Okay. You see, our response, listen to me, look at me. Our response to the Spirit of God determines our destiny. How you respond. You know what? You don't isolate yourself in a crisis time. What you do is you gather people around you. Hello? That will speak truth into your life. That will help you. I sat down Friday with a pastor. And he said, Pastor, well, how did you do this? I go, man, I, there's no formula. But I got people around me. I stayed away from people that were negative. I remember I even had someone. My mother came to me and just not one of these. She goes, I never thought that I'd have any of my children die before me. I'm like, well, I don't take that one. It might be somebody, one of the other children, but it ain't going to be this one. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? And I remember with Pastor Willem that'll be here next week. He said, Bob, because he went through Gillian Barre, where it's just like a disease that it can kill. It, very few people live from it. Uh, side effects, it paralyzes you. He had it the opposite way. Usually people get it feet up. He had it head down. One of the only people that has ever survived that. And I remember he told me, he said, when he found out, he called me, you want me to come to America? No, no, no. You just, just pray for me. He said, Pastor, when people come to you and they speak death, you speak life over your life. So everywhere I go, when people, when I hear death, even when I'm going there, and I remember being getting chemo one time, and the guy goes, "Well, the lady goes, I'm ready to go." Me and another lady, she goes, well, "We ain't ready to go. You can go, but we're not." You see, God made me for battle. I want you to say that with me. Say, God made me for battle. Come on, say it like you mean it. God made me for battle. You become what you pursue. I'll just say it again. You become what you pursue. Listen, if you pursue things that are bad, that aren't going to help you, that's what you become. You ever see people that are depressed all the time? Why? Because they're just pursuing people. The Bible says misery loves company. But I don't like the company that misery brings. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so you become, you become that very attitude of the people. And the thing is, you know, it's like when I call Pastor Tim Delina, who's at uh, Brooklyn Tabernacle Church. And I said, Pastor Tim, he said, man, Pastor, but we've had 4,000 people pray for you on Tuesday nights. You made my day. God has freed you. I mean, are you hearing what I'm saying? I mean, and I had so many, Pastor Jim, Pastor Jacob, you know, Pastor Jacob. When I called him, I said, Pastor Jacob. And he's like, come on, man of God. He's shouting. God's good. And I'm going, Yeah. And 
said, but pastor, he's my pastor. I said, pastor, I don't believe it's the end of something. I believe it's the beginning of something that God wants to do. Not in just me, but in people in our church, in his community. Are you hearing me? Someone ought to get excited. You ought to bang your head against a chair and wave your hands like you don't care. I don't know. God made us to be hunters and pursuers. God wants you to pursue. You got to hunt. And you know what? Listen, if you want more of God, you better hunt for him. He's like, I'm a hunter. I love to hunt. It's a passion, one of my passions. And you know what? You got to get up early. I have some of my sons. I go, "Uh, if it was the afternoon, I'd go with you. And that's where you just go, you ain't got it. You just ain't got what you need to be what you need to be, to be a hunter. You know what I'm talking about? Now, my nine-year-old, he's counting the days. Dad, four weeks. Dad, I need some new boots. Dad, I... I mean, I knew he had it when he was four years old. I took him, and the first time I ever took him hunting in our, in our lease, he's, he's walking with the levy, and I bought him one of those Hodgman jackets, one of those rain jackets, and he was so small, it, goes, it went down to his feet like this. He was like, and had his sleeves all rolled up, and he's just all like, we had gone out in the blind, and I saw the, the storm coming. I'm like, hey. And I remember we're walking back on the levy, and I get, and I'm like, man, he's ruined. I ruined him. He's just not... He's not going to do this with me. Just another boy down the tubes. <laughs> Try to get all my other sons. They don't want to do it. Except Matt every once in a while. Nathan likes the afternoon hunter, convenient hunter. You know, Zach, he's starting to come. Revival's coming back in his spirit. But anyway. And I remember I get to the end and we're getting in my truck and I'm taking it off. And he looks at me. And you got to know Luke, he wears glasses. And he had little, little, little frog eye glasses then. He just looks at me and he goes, I love it. I love it. And I go, he got it. Thank you for the breakthrough, God. What? He gets up in the morning with me. I don't tell him how to do anything. I get him out to the field. He could take any 40, 30-year-old man out here and put out the spread of decoys, pick them up, and retrieve for you. You can't get better than that. He knows if the wind's blowing a certain direction, that's where the head's face for geese. He knows how, you know what I mean? He knows. Why? Because he's hung out with me. He's pursued a relationship, and he has a like passion. When you pursue God, all of a sudden you have a like passion like the heart of God, and you don't see people the way you used to. You begin to see them the way God sees them, and you begin to have compassion. He said, Moses, look, man, I want you to, I don't, I'm going to give you, tell you what's going on in my heart. This is what's breaking my heart. I see my people. They're oppressed. They're crying out. They've been enslaved. Will you go be a deliverer? It's a picture of the heart of God. It's a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. He hears our cry when we cry. He knows our sufferings and our sorrows and our pain in the junk that we've had to go through in life. Life is just full of junk sometimes. Amen? And sometimes we've got to get the junk out of the trunk. And go, God, here's my junk. I've had people come to me and say, Pastor Brother, this is a junk in my life. And they're thinking, oh, they're thinking I'm going to be shocked. Like, I've heard a lot of things. When people have come to a place where they just go, today I'm giving, and you know what? When people share their junk, look at me. I want to tell you something. I don't think less of them. I think more of them because they came to that point of 
brutal honesty. And when you are brutally honest, listen, when you have an expectation that God will come in your life, you will have a visitation. No expectation, no visitation. How many want a visitation? How many want a visitation? Have an expectation. I, mean, I was walking out last week. Miss Jean looked at me. I just saw her. She goes, Pastor Bubba. I said, I'm believing God gave me a picture. You're going to walk on the water. I said, well, this Sunday it's enough rain. I'll walk on some water somewhere. <laughs> but she said, you're free. When I called Miss Joyce Etienne, she's not here. I don't wish she was here. I prayed for her, and, and she'd been praying for me. She just called me. She said, Pastor Bubba, I heard the news, baby. She said, she said, she said, pass them up. And I told her, so, well, the doctor said that, you know, they couldn't find them. But sometimes it's like a tree. And sometimes there's life in the trunk, even though the leaves fall out. She goes, oh, baby, you ain't got to worry about that. I pray God kill it at the root, baby. <laughs> Come on. Look, if you want God here, if you want God to come in your life, you need to get rooted so you can get fruited. See, no fruit in your life, you got a bad root system. And say, that's free. Anyway, so let's go on. Why did God create us for battle? Here it is. Because before man ever fell, God had given us dominion over the earth. He gave us dominion. He said, man, you I mean, Adam was naming animals, you know, eating watermelon, spitting seed giraffe. (laughs) Monkey. Zebra. You know what I'm saying? He just got created. And then you remember God put him to sleep. And you know how a woman got her name? God put her to sleep, took it from a rib, not from his foot so he could walk on her. Come on. I'm going to preach a little bit, women. Help me out. He took, it, took her from the closest place to his heart, his rib. Because that's where he wanted her. But you know how a woman got her name? Y'all know, huh? God put him in deep sleep. He woke up and he go, whoa, man. Hey. Anyway, that's it. You see, we, we are, when, when Adam fell, we forfeited our dominion, our authority God had given us in the garden. Our task is to take back dominion. See, here's a step of it. When is the last time you had one of those moments, why am I doing this? What am I doing? Have you ever had that where you have the, why am I doing this? I've never done anything. When's, hey, when's the last time you've done something for the first time in a long time? Oh, don't give me a moment of silence this morning. You see, this morning, a step of faith. If you have an argument with God and you win, you lose. But if you have an argument with God and he wins, you win. And see, we will have to confront the enemy also, listen, sometimes you just got to face the devil. Hello? And sometimes it's not the devil, it's you. It's right here. It's your mind. Hello? I mean, can I just say, I'm a simple guy. I'm a right brain person, okay? If you hadn't figured that out. I'm ADDHD, high definition, all right? I'm over my, I forget things sometimes. I said I said something, I really didn't say it. But people convince me, you know, I mean, anybody who's worked for me, they know. How many know I mean well? Okay. Shake your head, Paige. Anyway. And, and, and so the, the thing is, it's like, I know. Like my wife will go, oh, you forgot. And then when I have gone through chemo, it was even like way high definition. 
One day I argued with her about my watch. I said, why did you take my watch and put it on the counter? And said, I never touched your watch. Yes, you did. And we got an argument about where she put my watch. Then I realized later, I put it there. I had to humble myself. You know, it's like, just sometimes God just deals with us as people. How many of you got little issues in your life that you got to deal with? Come on. Come on. Women, let's do a survey on your husband. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> just sometimes we just, there's just things. But see, Matthew 28, verse 18. Are y'all with me this morning? At Matthew 28, 18, you know the scripture says, Jesus came and told his disciples. What did he tell them? He came and said something. What did he say? I have been given, I have, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. In other words, everywhere I go, God is with me. He's with me. When I was praying, my friend Wayne that had found out he had cancer this week and it's inoperable, he said, Bubba, what's the options? Heaven. That, that, that didn't worry me at all. That's where I'm going. And I said, yeah, but Wayne, let's just believe God for a miracle. Let's believe God for a miracle. You see, our obedience to God's voice Gives us authority. How many believe that? Authority is different than power. Authority is actually greater than power. What do you mean, Pastor? Authority is only effective when it is exercised. What do you mean? You know that a cop, it doesn't matter how fast your car is, how big the engine block is, and how fast you go, all the cop has to do is stand out there and put his lights on, and you pull over no matter how bad your truck is, how bad your car is. Because why? Because he's got authority. I don't care if he's Barney Five. I don't care if he shoots himself in the foot. He's still got authority in your life. Amen? And the difference is, is this, is that authority, people will not see the power of God until you use the authority God has given you. What do you mean, Pastor Bubba? What do you mean by that? You know, sometimes we just need to believe God for what he says. Can I just say this? I'm old school. I believe the word of God. I believe every word. Are you hearing me? I believe this is a manual. This is a love manual. It'll teach me how to love my wife. It'll teach me how to love my children. It'll teach me how to face difficulties, situations, circumstances in my life. If I go to this book, this is a manual for life. This is really not just the Bible. It's a life manual. That's what it is. And it tells you how to live, where to go. It's not about do's and don'ts. It's about choices. God loves you enough that he didn't make you do anything. He didn't press a button on your back and you go, pay the Lord, pay the Lord. He didn't press a button on me. Your Bible reading time. Yes, sir, I'll read my Bible. I, oh, thou is so goodeth, Lordeth. And God doesn't speak in King James. And there's some, but there's just some, can I just say, there's some nutty people out in our world. No, it has to be this, the word of God, King James. I'm like, what the heck? And you ever heard, heard of those prayers? Thou is Lordeth, cometh noweth, to see if thouest. Well, cometh. Thou hasn't cometh, thou despaireth. I mean, you're going, what's this? <laughs> this is the word of God. Jesus, you know, David said this. It's like a honeycomb. 
How many of you like chocolate? Come on, all the women in the house. How many of you like sweet things? Come on. Come on. Man, I'll get you. How about ice cream? Come on, man. Help me out. Bluebell devil, I still try to rebuke that. That just, I mean, it lays a spare tire on me every year. There's just some things that are sweet that we love and we just like having it. And it's like you just go, you know, I mean, my, wife, my little girl, sometimes she goes, when she wants to go on a date with me, because we do little daddy dates, she'll go, she knows my weakness. Daddy. What, baby? I call her baby girl. What's up, baby girl? She goes, Welsh. <laughs> See, you don't know what is in Welsh. There, come on now. There you go. See, the same devil. Anyway, I just give in. That's all. Because she's going, Dairy Queen. I go, hey, mama, you want to go? She goes, oh, I don't want to go. Bring me something back. It'll melt. I don't care. Our obedience gives us authority. You see, the Son of God appeared for this purpose that he might destroy the works of the devil. You know what? The son, listen, Jesus' ministry, listen to me, a fourth of his ministry was casting out devils. And a third of his ministry was healing the sick. Think about it. And you know, he talked about money more than he talked about all those other things too. That's another subject another time. But you imagine, a fourth of Jesus' ministry was rebuking the devil. Calling him out. And sometimes, honestly, we just give in. And when you give in, you don't see. You become blind. How, what do you mean, Pastor Baba? It's like if you do something, whatever it is, you do it the first time, you know it's wrong and you just kind of, but you keep going there and you keep visiting that place and you keep doing that thing, whatever it is, you fill in the blank, whatever it is in your life, and you keep feeding that thing, that thing's going to win eventually. But whatever you stop feeding will die and wither. Are you hearing me? And it's literally like putting in no fishing sign around the pond and go, there's no more fishing here. Because, see, there's some things in my life I don't need to be around. If people talk about certain things that bring passion, that are not good passions in my life, I don't need to be hanging around them. Are you hearing me? And sometimes that people talk too much, I just don't want to be with them because they bore me because they don't let me talk at all. <laughs> Jesus' ministry. See, no adversary... Listen, if you don't have an adversary, there's no opportunity for you to see God do something great. Listen, with my cancer, this isn't about me, Bubba McCann. This is about God. Let me tell you something. All I can say, God, God, God. Who did it? God. God. When Brother Keith, when I told Brother Keith, he called me back. He goes, man of God, you have faith like Abraham. Faith against all faith. I go, what does that mean, Pastor Keith? I don't know what that means, but praise God. It sounded good. <laughs> it's like, in your circumstances, can I tell you something? You know what the secret of mine is? I've learned this. If you can't find God in the easy times in your life, it's going to be hard to find him in the hard times of your life. Can I say that again? If you can't find God in the easy times of your life, when things seem to be going like silk, everything's smooth, everything's good, 
it's going to be hard to find him in your difficult times. I'm just telling you, I'm not saying you can't. It's just going to be a little harder. You see, I know this, the basis of my victory. Look, at, here it is, 1 John 3, 8. But when the people keep on sinning, it, it shows that they belong to the devil who has been sinning against the beginning. But the Son of Man came to destroy the works of the devil. The basis of our victory is that we, we only win when we attack. We only win when we pull out the sword. We only win when we say, no more of this. We only win when we say, life and not death. Healing. Liberty instead of bondage. You see, the devil's short and he has no eyelashes. How do you know, Pastor Bubba? Because the Bible says the wicked is cut short and hell would, and if you're in hell, it's fire. There's no eyelashes. Anyway, the three words you need to hear is down. God came down. That means, you know what that means? You stoop down and you reach out and you grab somebody. You ever been frogging? How do you catch frogs? Come on. You got to get in that boat on your knees sometimes. Put that little spotlight. Come on, I'm helping somebody here. Someone's getting excited. All this rain. And you stoop down and you grab it. And sometimes God stoops down. He shines that spotlight. And there we are. Riggy, riggy. Not even looking for a light. God puts his light on us and goes, oh, and he grabs us. Oh, boy. And when he grabs us, sometimes you better have your depends because it depends on what's going on. You know what I mean? But anyway. (laughs) If you know what they are, talk to your wife or husband later and they'll tell you. And God gets you. When he reaches down, he gets you out of your circumstances. You know, when God rescued me, I got out of my... I stopped. Can I just tell him? When I got saved... I started having people come, and Pastor Jacob decided to spend time. He picked me up when I didn't even want to see him. He called me when I didn't want to hang out with him. He'd pull up in my apartment when I didn't want to go anywhere with him. He just did it. And I thank God for it because he pursued me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And, and he just spent time with me sharing things and asked questions, and real questions. And, and it's like it got me out of that. And, and he said, man, you need to go. And I want, man, I want to go to Bible school or whatever, you know, discipleship school. And I did that. And I got out of my circumstances. And I literally got away from Lafayette for about... God, 12 years. And it's like God sent me back to Louisiana. God spoke to my wife first. We were on a plane. We come here and Lord, we were in Baton Rouge and the Lord spoke to her. She said, y'all coming back. And she goes, well, if we're coming back, I ain't telling Bubba. You're going to have to tell him. That's what I love about my wife. She has real conversations with God. Three weeks later, God spoke to me. This, the, the morning that I found out that they didn't, they couldn't find the tumors. My wife had been praying, and she says, and she was mad. Have you ever been mad before when you pray? She'd go, God, it's not right and it's not fair. How come they see miracles in India? They see miracles in Africa, and they, I'm praying for my husband. I'm believing for a miracle here in America. God, and you know what? She opened her Bible, and what did it, what did you? What was the verse? He says. The first she was in Psalms, she says, I'm the God that keeps my promises. And she's like, I'm, I'm sorry, God. <laughs> she told me that even when I woke up, she said, that's what I did. I did. I'm telling you, it's what I did. But God will bring you up. When you allow yourself to be in the hand of God, 
He's not going to drop you. He's going to set you up. Hook you up. Come on. How many like the hook up? You ever get a hook up? What does that mean? Like, you know, in my life, when there's good hookups, let me just tell you this. A hookup for me is someone who invites me to go hunting with them. And it's a great place. And you go, man, and then you walk away and you come back with your, your kill. And you go, what happened? How, where'd you go? Man, I got hooked up. Oh, yeah, I got hooked up. How many like hooked up? How many ever had a blessing, someone you knew, and you just got hooked up? Come on. How many like to be hooked up? Y'all, y'all, y'all don't know where I'm going. I mean, Sammy say, hooked up. I love what T.D. Jake says, favor ain't fair. You know, but he goes, favor ain't fair. What do you mean? The favor of God is not fair. God hooks you up. He just hooks you up. You know, the cool thing is, I love to be hooked up in God. Because when you're walking in somewhere, you're like, man, this is the hookup. I mean, I remember going, to, I've been to the governor's mansion several times, sitting around the dinner table with the governor. I'm like, man, I've been hooked up. It's not me. It's because of friends. And the guy that's just one of his right-hand men is one of the guys we disciple. <laughs> He's been in our church, what, twice? Twice. He's been here. With the Eunice. I mean, you know, if I need to talk to him, just call DK. Hey, Daniel. Daniel Kirk. I need to talk to him. Brother, you hooked up. It's no power. It's nothing. I have. It's not power. But some of you just need to get hooked up. You know, a boat won't go in the water unless you hook it up to the back of the ball of your bumper on your truck to go get hooked up to bring it out to the river are you hearing what i'm saying you got to get hooked up say me hooked up come on y'all saying it like y'all just y'all boring white people that's all i got to say (laughs) say hooked up come on say god hook me up See, the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. The New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. The children of Israel could not fight because they held out. You know what kept them from being hooked up? Their own bondages. Lack of brokenness. Lack of humility. The power of, if the power of God is love. See, the greatest force in the entire universe is God's love. It's the greatest force. You see... The power of the enemy is unforgiveness, resentment, bondage. Oh, now, Pastor Bubba, you didn't need to go there now. You don't know my aunt to it. That's a mean woman. I ain't forgiving her. Don't you go about that forgiveness stuff. Can I just say the F word this morning? Forgive. See, some of y'all going. Some of you need to Forgive. Because it's holding you back. Let me ask them. If God's forgiven you, why are you holding back? Well, you don't know what happened. You don't know what they said. You don't know what they did. Get over it. Get on. It took the children of Israel 40 years and 11 day journey to get freed. You know what? Even though God freed them, look. They came out of Egypt, the land of bondage, to go through the wilderness where they barely had enough. They were satisfied with a quail a day and manna for the day. 
They were satisfied. But see, they were still in bondage. They wouldn't believe the promises of God, that God really had a promised land for them. And see, he said, you know what? And then all of a sudden, what they had to do is they had a face. They go, wait a minute. We've got to face it. See, the Lord promises abundance. And see, the promised land means this. Listen to me. Not enough, barely enough. The promise means more than enough. I just want to stop right there at that comma and go, yes, more than enough. How many of you like to have more than enough? More. You imagine when Jesus blessed him fish, he was breaking tails and fish heads were coming out. I'm in basket. I'm... I don't know how it happened, but it did. But see, the land of promise. But see, the only way you get to the land of promise, look at me, is you've got to overcome your giants. See, when you do all you can, listen to me. When you, can, when you do all you can do, that allows, that allows God to step up. And step in to whatever circumstance you're walking through. And he does what only he can do. If you do all you can. You know, when I was going through this, I remember one of my coaches, you've heard me say, I'm doing all I can. I'm believing God, he can do all he can. God can do it. It's amazing. I'm, I'm blessed. There's people we had to bring chairs this morning. There's spaces because kids were sitting in, and I understand that. But on a rainy day in South Louisiana, y'all could be hooked up drinking your community or your, your mellow joy. I don't get much joy drinking the mellow joy. Anyway, I'm like, whatever, why? It's nasty, why? But anyway. You'd be doing that, but you came to the house of God. Why? Not just to hear a preacher, not just to be part of a church, because something compelled you. You know, I prayed for you this morning. Even if you're a visitor, I prayed that God would send you this morning. I already prayed for you. I've had people come in, well, Pastor Bubba, you know, like you, they're doing something. I said, well, man, I want you to, well, I really need to pray about that. No. I, you know what I'll tell them? I've already prayed. You don't need to pray. I know that's what you're supposed to do. Because that's our justification. That's our, our crawfish. I'll, I'm going to pray about it. Brother, I didn't put the crawfish trap on. You don't need to pray about it. You just need to go out and do it. How many, sometimes you just need to go out and do something. And see, this morning, see, God's, God's dream for you is the devil's nightmare. Hello! If you get really where you need to be and be where all God wants you to be, you're a nightmare. It's like when you show up in the morning and you wake up and you pray again. I'm back. Because <laughs> the enemy's always looking for something to divert you, to, to mess around with your passions, to mess around with your emotions, to mess around with your mind. And that's where you just get every day. God. And see, you need to be praying. You know, it's not just having your prayer time, but you take God with you all day long. You walk in his presence. You go down, you go out, and you go up. Let me just read this, and then I'll be done. Ephesians 6, 10 and 12, one of my favorite scriptures. It says, a final word. 
Paul's wrapping up. He says, man, a final word. How I many you know if it's a final word? It's like, you know, it's like this in South Louisiana. If someone gives their last word in their will, and they say, whatever you do, T-boy, don't tear down the barn. Guess what? You'll never, you know what I'm saying? If it was your papa. You know, you go sell the land, they go, we're going to tear down the barn. We ain't selling the land. Papa told me not to break that barn. You know what I'm talking about? Here's a final word. Paul's saying, final word. Be strong. Where? In the Lord. And in his mighty power. Put on all the armor. The the armor of God. So that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. That means you, you ever heard someone say, strap it on? Come on. It's like you strap it on. Shh, shh. I love watching. I mean, I love Braveheart, Gladiator, all those things. Them guys are like, I mean, I mean, anyway. But anyway, y'all, okay, good. Verse twelve: If we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in the dark world and against evil spirits in heavenly places. You need to write this down because the Lord gave me this this week. It said, I felt like this, let the armor wrestle for you. That armor has won before. If I strap on God, he's telling me, man, you know, when I've studied, I have a book by a guy named William Grinnell, and it says the, full, the complete armor of God, and it's just on those two verses. It's a 1,200-page split column. That means, like, he split the pages. And, I mean, it could be more. It could be, and he just talks about the armor of God and what it does. And his conclusion is if you strap it on, you put on the helmet. You put on the breastplate. You have the shield of faith. You have the sword. You have the, the, the breastplate of right. You have the, the feet. You shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And he said, amen, there's no place that you're not covered. And you strap it on. And all of a sudden, see, that's when David, when he went to go face Goliath, Saul tried to give him his armor. He said, I'm not comfortable with this. You need to wear the armor God has given you. Are you hearing me? And you fight. And you look at the enemy and you don't, can I tell you something? This is how we used to talk. School I went to. You want to get to someone, you go, your mama. Come on. If y'all don't know what I'm talking about, that's, I mean, you know, you just go up there and go, and you don't need to be religious. Thou rebukest thou. Get out. No, what you do is you go, I love what David said. I come in the name of the Lord God. And he says, he, remember, I like Goliath. He goes, it's kind of enemy. Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And I love what David said. He goes, no, I come in the name of the Lord God Almighty. Your mama. And then, you know what, the, you know what Goliath did? He said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I'm going to do that. And I'm going to feed you to the birds of the air. David looked at him. He said, your mama. And can I tell you something? The enemy thrilled his, his threats. But I love David. He swung that rock. And I believe he was, I believe he was praying. Believe me. 
Oh, God. And remember, I remember, I like what he said. You know what? I went out and I faced the bear. He told this, this and his guy, and God gave me deliverance. I faced the lion. He told me, and what is this? And I love it. He gets real personal. What is this uncircumcised Philistine anyway? I'm like, how did he know? That's like personal. Are you hearing me? And I'll be through that rock. And that rock hit where it needed to hit. And see, when you throw out, when you cry out to God, then God comes in and empowers you, gets you out of circumstances, calls you up. Because he came into that valley. He had to go down into the valley to face the giant. Hello. God was raising him. He heard his cry when he would sing songs to the Lord. God brought him to the valley. And when he came out of that valley, you know what he did? When he threw that rock, he went, he got that sword, he cut the giant's head off. And let me tell you, Michael Jackson had no moonwalk dance on, on King David. David grabbed that head, he pulled it up, and he just like... Because you know what? Listen to me. They were 40 days in the valley. The giant was taunting them. You can't make it. You ain't going to go. We're going to take you out. We're going to kill you. We're going to do this. I mean, they're chilling for 40 years. We ain't going to get to the promised land. <laughs> Quail again. Lord God help us. Bread. Banana bread. Poverty bread. 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 Listen, if you ate quail and bread for 40 years, sooner or later, you run out of recipes. He came out of the valley. And when he came up, and all those people that the giant been they've been down, downcast. Listen to the voice of the devil. The Bible says they shouted. And the earth shook. Listen, when you face the devil and you call him out, you listen, look at me. Let me just give you a, a little hint. Never allow the devil to tell you who you are. Reminding that you're a child of God. Are you messing? Let me ask you, mamas, if someone messes with your child, what are you going to do? The fangs are coming out. Listen, I grew up in a neighborhood when I was younger in Lake Charles on 1221 Cactus Drive. That if you said something bad about your mama or your daddy or about someone else, your neighbor would whip you. And if your mama heard you, the screen door would open and her hand would go around the corner, pass the stop sign, go around the curve and slap you and your friend for listening to you. And sometimes we need to go, I don't need these other voices in my mind. I need to get the voice of God. I need to get my mind right. I need to get my eyes set on God. Put on the armor. Let the armor fight for you. God is a miracle performer. He's a promise keeper. And when he shows up, he gets the credit anyway. Listen, I don't want you to go around and say, my pastor Bubba, pastor Bubba, my pastor got healed. No, God touched my pastor and God worked a mighty miracle. Are you hearing me? It's God God and God. It's not like I had extra faith from someone else. Are you hearing me? Not because, like my wife said, it's not because I'm a preacher. And God goes, I like preachers. So I know some preachers in the Bible God didn't like. And he took them out. Let me pray. (laughs) 
Father, I just thank you. Just lift your hands to heaven all over this place. Just a sign of surrenders. Lord, I thank you that for each person here this morning, Lord, I just pray that our response to you determines our destiny. I pray that we would respond in surrender. I pray we would respond in humility. I pray that we would respond, respond with receptiveness. That we would hear your voice. And God, we wouldn't just hear your voice, but we would obey your voice. And because we obey, we will see the authority of God. And we will take back dominion over things that the enemy has lied to us, ripped us off from, stolen from us. And we'll literally walk into that land of more than enough. The land of promise. The land of plenty. And I pray that for people right now that have walked through despair. Those that need a job. Those that need employment. Those that need a touch, a healing. Lord, we prayed for people like that already. And I believe that you're doing that work. But Lord, I pray that they would walk out these doors going, I'm going to look to God. And you know what? I'm not going to allow the enemy to bring definition to who I am or what I believe. But I believe, God, that you're going to do greater things than you've ever done before. 